Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Make Him Known. Um, my name is Anna Bowman, and sitting across from me today is... Becky Friesen. The same as every other time we've ever done an episode, other than that one time that I missed it. Yeah, that was a, that was sad, but also exciting. Exciting, I know. It was exciting. No, nope, I can't think of something. No. You say nerve-sighted. Nerve-sighted? Nerve when you're nervous and excited. Yep. What's sad and exciting? Ex-sad... Nope, no. it just doesn't work. It's it, not they, a thing. Those things can't coexist together. No. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, well, um, we just wanted to say thank you again for listening. We say it yeah. every single time because we're thankful every single time. Like literally every single time. And actually it blows our minds. Actually, I haven't talked about this before. We... Um, we have a neighbor who just moved, so sad, um, and she was telling me that she listens to the podcast, and I was like, what? That's and so then cool. she was like, and my friend listens to it that I told about, and I was like, Aww. oh my goodness, I've never met, like, I've met my neighbor, obviously, but never her friend, so it's just crazy that there are people that I'm like, I don't know who you are, and you know so much about me. Yeah. <laughs> Probably so cool. too much. Yeah. That's awesome. I um. Yeah, I keep getting blown away about the fact that we still have this podcast. Mm -hmm. One of my friends was like, do you think having this podcast has helped you to like speak in person? Um, and I was like, I mean, maybe it's like, cause we've still been communicating things or like teaching things yeah, in a sense. True. And I said, it's much different though, because speaking to actual humans yeah. is still very different than speaking to, cause you feed off the crowd. Humans. Yeah. 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 And even just looking and being like, Oh, they didn't understand what I just said. Okay. I have to rephrase that. Whereas yeah. and if you guys don't get it, sorry. <laughs> yeah. We just keep going. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, my sister, Raya, who you guys know, if you've listened to her stories with Raya, um, she texted Becky a super encouraging thing. She got a lot out of the last episode, um, which was our first ever not metaphorically speaking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about the Trinity and things that don't work. Yeah. Uh, but then Becky was talking about an analogy she used at camp, which I had never heard before either, which was like such a God thing and super cool. So if you haven't listened to that episode, you should go and listen to it. Yeah. It yeah. was super exciting. I was so thankful that the Lord kind of brought that to my attention. At my attention. Yep. yep. Your brain. Yep. Yep. And and that it actually worked because yeah. I was like really nervous. So thank yeah, you, some, Lord. Because sometimes things come to our brain and then we're like, oh, nope, <laughs> that doesn't work. Yep. That's a no. I've been mulling over another metaphor Ooh. that I'll actually have to tell you about after. Yeah, I'm super excited about it, but I'm like, does this make work? sense? Yeah. Does this work? Mm -hmm. And I'm not trying. We don't ever try to put things into a box like our yeah, box you don't to force make it, it work. Yeah. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But yeah. if it does, that's cool. That's another thing that's been cool is that like none. I feel like eventually maybe we'll get there. But like so far, Becky and I have never been like, OK, we have to come up with an analogy. Like I'm telling you guys, all the analogies we've done, we either already had on a list when we first started talking about Make Him Known or God has brought them to us just as we've got. So we've like never run Through out, life. you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. So we'll like, we'll have like three on the list that we've always actually, this one has been on the list for quite a while. Yeah. Um, but then God will bring something new and it's like present in our lives at that moment. So we're like, let's not do those other ones that we have on the list for forever. Like, let's do this one. Like I think yeah. when we did empty and filled that was very like applicable to yeah. right now our lives yeah. that was very much where we where we were, were at, at and how we yep. were feeling yeah yep. 
Yeah. Well, cool. yes. Thanks again, everyone, for journey- journeying, journeying with us. English <laughs> is very hard. Agreed. But we are going to jump right into our fun facts, and I will start. Um, so when Jonathan and I got married, we were gifted a box of Heartbeat hot sauce, hot sauces. Oh, I vaguely remember It was this. a four pack and mm-hmm. it came in like a box. And I think it was from Colin. I don't actually remember. If it wasn't from Colin, please tell me if you're listening and you were like, I gave so, those Yeah, in. someone out there yeah. is like, that was me. I think it was Colin. And anyways, there was this one like pineapple hot sauce that Jonathan absolutely loved and I did not because I don't like sweet and salty or sweet and spicy type things Mm -hmm. anyway so it's not for me there's also a blueberry one and I was like "Mm, no thanks but they were like known for being kind of like interesting hot sauces so he Hmm. finished both the blueberry and the pineapple one Mm -hmm. and he was like a little sad not like a mopey not like oh i'm so sad i don't have my hot sauces anymore but like (laughs) he was sad because he's like i love those hot sauces so i thought i would be a nice delightful wife and i would get him a new pack of hot sauces i was thinking of just ordering just the pineapple one because that was his favorite but then i was like hmm Maybe I'll do another four pack because you can yeah. order them in four packs. And there was this one that was called Dill Pickle Serrano. And I was like, you know what? I love dill pickles. Yeah. He loves dill pickles. Like we both love hot sauces. And I kid you not. I kid. Oh, that was weird. I kid you not. This hot sauce is my favorite hot sauce. I bought it for Jonathan, but I like, probably used more. It is my favorite hot sauce. So if you like hot sauces and you like dill pickle, go to Heartbeat Hot Sauces or find somewhere that sells them um, and order dill pickle serrano because you will not be disappointed. Your life will never be the same again. So this is like a fun fact for me because it's my favorite hot sauce, but also like a plug. A plug, not, not a sponsor. sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways that's where how we're at. hot are we talking not that hot but okay, it's a I'm perfect actually, amount of spice i'm actually kind of wanting to try I, it. i'll let you try it okay. you can try it yeah i would mm. i would share with you uh, other people maybe not but i'll share a little bit uh, uh, on a side note if anyone here has watched the show hot ones like on youtube so good i'm not a spicy like i can handle some spice but I kind of want to do that show. Not that I ever would because you have to be famous to do it. But like I You'd want probably to get like three in. I don't, probably I not don't even know. That. I don't know because I can handle spice more than I think I can. I'd be interested. Let's make our own. I've literally Shannon's husband, Mac, is always trying to get me to try hot sauce because he has some of the hot ones, hot sauces. Well, Mac, if you're listening to this, I've told him I was like, I will do the hot ones if you interview me in front of a large group of people like all of our friends and like ask me questions. And Shannon, if you're listening to this and your husband is not, tell tell him him because we're ready. I love how we're just communicating to people through the podcast. Yeah. And I mean, Shannon could listen to this a day like the day it comes out or six months later and regardless that will be when it will happen so oh man anyways we love you guys both okay anna tell us about your fun fact so um it this actually worked well because i've been wanting to process this and talk to people about this i've literally thought about like posting it on snapchat but then today when i was like what's my fun fact gonna be i was like oh my goodness this is what i'm gonna talk about so i hate endings probably because i hate change so when something ends it just inevitably means change or lack of something you know and um the way that this like is exemplified in my life is that the right way to say that yeah um is that it takes me five ever to finish tv shows (laughs) um so i will just not watch the last two or three episodes of a tv show 
for a real long time. I just don't know how you do that because I get so sucked in and I'm like, I have to okay, keep going. Okay, this is something I learned. If it's a drama, then I finish it. Right. Like, no problem. Or if it's coming out like season by season, like mm, Stranger Things, watched all of season four, like no problem, you know? Mm -hmm. But if it's like, I don't know, a show that I've just discovered and it's all already out, right. you know what I mean? And I'm like working my way through it. The minute I get to the last couple episodes, I'm like, and I'm uninterested. Bye. And like, I used to not realize what it was that was going on, but then I realized, oh, it's that I hate ending. So I'm like, yeah. if I just never finish it, it never really ends. So not entirely no, true. No, not, not true. <laughs> so I currently have like three different TV shows that I haven't finished. I will one day, but the longest I've ever gone, it took me three years between season six of Parks and Rec and season seven. Like I knew season seven was the final season and I didn't watch season seven for three years. That seems so crazy. And then my sister actually tricked me into watching the final season. It's not even like I was like, I'm ready now. She was like, let's watch something. And I was like, okay. And we went upstairs and she like put it on and I like already had my food and everything. And I was like, no, I don't want to watch. And I mean, when I say forced, I could have gone up and left, but I didn't. So you had your food and you had to eat exactly, it. So you were, exactly. Exactly. It was your seatbelt. Yeah. You weren't yeah. moving. I yeah. just finished the show Boy Meets World last night and I, it's been two years since i, I last just can't do it. that i know like i'm the type of person where if i'm watching something i will watch it like in every spare yeah. second of yeah. my life until yeah. it's done yeah and then i'll have an existential crisis right. of being like oh it's, what do i do now see i never have an existential crisis <laughs> yeah you just avoid that i guess yep i do yeah so yeah i have one episode left of flashpoint never watched still haven't finished fuller house and i was just going through phineas and ferb and I'm like aware of this now. It's not just that like, oh, because it used to be like this, like subconscious, yeah, subconscious yeah. thing. And now I'm fully aware of it. And I'm like, oh, I'm just going to finish it. And Phineas and Ferb, I was in the last season. I knew I was in the last season. And all of a sudden I go to like episodes and I see there's only four left. And I was like, nope. I was like, can't do it. I, that like can't confuses do it. me so, I, so much. I, I only really do it with like sitcoms and like family friendly and like cartoons and stuff like that. Right. If it's like, on the edge of your seat like or, dramas again or, like, or mysteries have I, you ever watched blown away or like those types of yes. shows and you'll watch all the way through those ones no really <laughs> it's like I, a competition i didn't watch the last i love blown away i haven't seen the third season yet um i watched the last or i didn't watch the last episode of season one for like months <laughs> Oh my word! Okay, so yeah, it's a weird add thing. Competitions anyway. to that list as well. Yeah, it's really strange. I, and I mean, actually, Flashpoint is a drama, so there's no rhyme or reason to it, guys. No, that's really weird. Yeah. On a side note, um, side tangent to yeah. our big tangent, mm -hmm. um, I did end up watching Blown Away season three okay. the other day, and I binged mm -hmm. the whole thing. Is it good? And I need you to watch it oh, in okay. order to share my opinion. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, it's gotcha. Not, it, yeah, I don't know how to answer that question because mm. there are some parts that were really good and some parts that I just need to talk about gotcha, and gotcha. process. Okay, you know? gotcha. If you listeners, if you have watched um, Blown Away season three and you need someone to process it with, <laughs> I'm your girl. She's your girl. I am ready. I have like I'm. And if you are like, yeah. what the heck is Blown Away? Get Netflix right now and watch it. Yeah, it's super it's, cool. It's good. There's three seasons and a Christmas episode, and it's beautiful. I still haven't seen. 
It's pretty good. I okay. like all of them. Okay. I'd okay. watch them all again. It is Maybe good. not season three. I'd watch all the other ones again. Anyways, okay. We, we are going to pray. We are 11 minutes in and we need to pray um, because today we are talking about sacrifice yes. and we are talking about um, just the Lord mm-hmm. and how things worked in the Old Testament, how mm-hmm. things work in the New Testament and how they all come together. So let's yeah. pray and just invite the Lord with us wherever we are and we'll get started. Um, Father, we thank you so much for this time that we have together. We thank you, Lord, for just the joy it is to be here and whether people are doing dishes or doing laundry or just sitting or doing whatever, Lord, driving somewhere, being at work, whatever it is that they're doing, Father, we just pray that you would bless them right here and right now where they're at and that you would just allow them to Um, take this time to listen to this episode and just have their eyes open to see you. Um, Lord, we thank you so much for the, the, uh, the plan that you created long before our time and the, the ways that the old Testament connects, um, with the new Testament. And Lord, we just thank you that you are the God over everything and that things just make sense when they're with you. And so we just pray that as we go through this, that people would be encouraged and that we would just be able to see the gospel in a new light and that we would just be able to leave this episode loving you more than we do right now. And we just pray all of these things in the mighty and precious and wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, so we're talking about sacrifice, and you may have some different things that pop into your head um, when someone says that word, and that's kind of what we're going to talk about as well. Uh, But this kind of started... It was probably, it would have been during COVID at some point, I was reading through the New Testament and I got to Hebrews and I like slowly study um, books. I just go like chapter by chapter and I had read Hebrews before, but like I was going to say everything clicked. Nothing's, I'm never going to know everything, but like so many things clicked um, reading through Hebrews this time around and just so many light bulbs went off that I'm really excited to share with you guys. And this has been one that's been on our list for a while, but I really wanted to um, get it right. And our young adult women's Bible study is slowly going through Hebrews as well. So it just like brought up a lot of stuff and just reminded me and God was just giving me ideas of, you know, how to talk about it and whatnot. And so, um, yeah, if you didn't grow up in a Christian home or going to church, you might not know potentially a whole lot about the Old Covenant or just depending on how you've studied the Bible and such, but it would take me a really, really long time to explain the entire Old Covenant. I would suggest just read like the entire book of Leviticus, um, which we can't do here today. But we're going to talk about like the Old Covenant versus the New Covenant, as Becky was saying, and um, something kind of, I want to create a foundation of the old so that we can understand the purpose of the new, but also like why the new covenant is so cool. We're, we're placing dots so that the Lord can connect the dots. Exactly. Exactly. We're drawing them. Yeah. So, I mean, the old covenant is made up of a lot of stuff, but a huge part of it was the sacrificial system. Um, And this is how the Israelites were like made right again with God, because it's not how it is now for us. We're living in the new covenant. And so things looked very different back then. And the sacrificial system was actually a shadow or analogy, if you will, um, of what was to come. And so just a couple of characteristics I want to talk about Um, for the sacrificial system so that, again, we can better understand how it worked is um, it was temporary. The people would um, need to bring offerings and sacrifices, which were 
animals and depending on, you know, their, like if they were poor or rich or whatever it was, they could bring different animals, um, like sheep. And if you couldn't afford that, you would bring, you know, like different birds or even like flour and things like that. And they would bring it and they would, you know, have to kill these animal because the shedding of the blood was what forgave them of their sins. But there was also, um, a priest and a high priest who would do it on behalf of the people as well. And so this was very temporary. It had to be done over and over and over again. It only, you know, lasted for a little bit. And it wasn't like God's permanent plan, right? It wasn't that it was a bad plan, so to speak, but it was just temporary. He was like, something better is coming. Um, And it it was temporary and imperfect because it didn't cover everything for all time. Like I said, it had to be done over and over again. And I made the joke in Bible study, like, we're just sinning constantly. Like we don't even realize it. Like our thoughts are, are a part of how we, you know, don't honor God sometimes. And so I made the joke of like, I would be the person who was like, you know, bringing my lamb into sacrifice and I would sacrifice and be like, sweet, I'm made right with God again. And as I was like exiting the tabernacle, I'd like, see someone and be like, ugh, they annoy me and be like, well, dang it. And turn around and do it all over. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Which isn't exactly like how it worked. Like they weren't just constantly there sacrificing because we're literally sinning all the time. Um, but yeah, it wasn't, it didn't cover everything. It wasn't perfect. It, it did not last. It had to be done over and over again. Um, and there was one day called the day of atonement where the high priest would sacrifice on behalf of him and all the people. And it would kind of like set everything right again for the past year. Um, and so, and the, and because the priest had to sacrifice for himself as well, that's another reason it wasn't perfect because he was just as human as everyone else. God had Mm -hmm. appointed him to be a priest or a high priest from like the tribe of Levi, but he was still just as sinful and imperfect as everybody else was. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so now I want to read Hebrews nine because you're probably like, okay, you're talking about the old Testament, but why are we talking about the new Testament? Um, but the book of Hebrews is really the author is comparing things to Jesus and showing how Jesus is the superior. Like Jesus is the best better everything. He's the better priest. He's um, better than Moses. He's the best prophet, like all of these things. He is the perfect version of everything, right? And so I'm going to read the first 10 verses of um, Hebrews 9. We have a lot of scripture in um, today's because it's easier if uh, we just let the Bible explain it than for us to go through it. So again, just to set a baseline, the first 10 verses of Hebrews just really gives a good synopsis um, of the sacrificial system and the old covenant and how it worked. The first 10 verses of Hebrews 9. Correct. Yes. Not just all. Yes. Not Hebrews 1, Hebrews 9. Thank you. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, so I'm going to start Hebrews nine, verse one, and I'm reading NIV. Now the first covenant had regulations for worship and also an earthly sanctuary. A tabernacle was set up in its first room were the lampstand and the table with its consecrated bread. This was called the holy place behind the second curtain was a room called the most holy place, which had the golden altar of incense and the gold covered ark of the covenant. This ark contained the gold jar of manna, Aaron's staff that had budded, and the stone tablets of the covenant. Above the ark were the cherubim of the glory, overshadowing the atonement cover, but we cannot discuss these in details right now. 
When everything had been arranged like this, the priests entered regularly into the outer room to carry on their ministry, but only the high priest entered the inner room and that once a year, sorry, and that only once a year and never without blood, which he offered for himself and for the sins of the people had committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit was show, showing by this that the way into the most holy place had not yet been disclosed as long as the first tabernacle was still functioning. This is an illustration for the present time indicating that the gifts and sacrifices being offered were not able to clear the conscience of the worshiper. They were only a matter of food and drink and various ceremonial washings, external regulations applying until the time of the new order. So as you see there at the end, it was talking about like it, it was not perfect. It wasn't the final plan. It was just temporary because, um, yeah, it didn't, it didn't cover everything, everything that we just talked about. Right. And so the old covenant, there was a tabernacle and later Solomon built the temple. And that was the place where God resided because that's where the Ark of the covenant was kept. And so it's, it's not like today where they just had like immediate access to God. Um, and his presence was in the Holy of Holies, or it's called the most holy place as well. So that was what they were saying was like the inner part that only the high priest could go into. Um, and it was giving descriptions, you know, of what it looked like and all the different, like, I don't even know all the purposes of all the different things that were inside of it. Yeah. They go through so much detail. I know that, oh, yeah. I think, I think it was Beth Moore who did a, uh, a Bible study on mm. all of the things and the oh, reasons and yeah. things like that about the, the tabernacle and, and why it was laid the way it was. But yeah. one thing that I found interesting in that Hebrews verse was in that Hebrews passage Passage, yeah (laughs) was that it said that they required blood like yeah um only the high priest entered the in to the inner room and that only once a year and and never without blood which he offered for himself and the sins of the people yeah but i think that blood part is is important yeah it is because without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sins yeah right like the the God wasn't like, let's just kill animals because I'm weird and creepy. <laughs> like, yeah. it's like, you know, yeah. like there was purpose behind it. Yeah. Um, and a- again, like the first five books, especially of the Old Testament, like talk about this so much. And like, I don't even most of the time when I'm reading it, I'm like, oh my goodness, I don't understand. This is so boring. Um, yeah. But I think it's because we didn't live during that time. Like it's so like counter-cultural. not countercultural exactly yeah. right and so that's the importance of studying it and almost placing yourselves in that time what they were going through like what would it be like if i was an israelite during that time to understand better the amazingness of the new covenant yeah. right and there are people today who still live under this covenant mm. and they still sacrifice animals and they still yeah. do this type of um of um routine and ritual yes. and ser- these types of ceremonies and in university, I actually had to read a book. I and remember I f- this. forget what it was called, but it was this guy. I think his name was Jacob. I don't really remember his. I don't know. I don't, that could have yeah. been it. Anyways, he went through and he said, what if I what if for a year I obeyed every single um, law that there was in the Old Testament? And then he talked about like 
after that in hindsight what it was like but it was like super cool because people looked at him really weird they were like why are you growing your hair out why do you look like this why are you only wearing these clothes like things like that but it just is cool because it it brings that contrast between how things were and how things are now and almost the beauty that comes from that yes (laughs) like could you imagine if you had to have like sacrifices like every week or every Mm, day or whatever no like that's crazy yeah a hundred percent. Um, Exodus twenty six thirty three says, hang the curtain from the class and place the Ark of the Covenant law behind the curtain. The curtain will separate the holy place from the most holy place. So again, this was this separate, th- this is important to understand for where I'm going to go later, where yeah, like yeah. hopefully your mind is blown like mine was. And <laughs> so, yeah, there was a separation, right? And so, um, I just want to focus on the Holy of Holies or the most holy place for a second. As I said, only the priest could enter it and only once a year year and this was serious stuff like sometimes I think we don't we read something in scripture and we're just like okay and we move on like even with Jesus death we're like cool someone died it's like no that's major like that's super serious and so there's um, a verse in Leviticus 16 too that I think really like emphasizes how serious and like I don't know, maybe serious isn't even the right word. Holy, like holy was set apart, sacred, perfect. Like it was something that had to be, you know, respected and honored. And so um, in Leviticus 16, two, it says, the Lord said to Moses, tell your brother Aaron that he is not to come whenever he chooses into the most holy place behind the curtain in front of the atonement cover on the ark or else he will die for I will appear in the cloud over the atonement cover. So it wasn't just like, oops, sorry, I made a mistake. And I went in there like the priest would literally drop dead inside the holy of holies if he went in yeah wrongly and i i heard this thing before that when the priest entered the holy of holies the people would tie something around his foot Mm -hmm. so that if he did it when he wasn't supposed to or it wasn't the right like whatever and he did die they wouldn't have to be they wouldn't have to go in and then also die they could just pull him out like how wild is that crazy yeah like you you literally couldn't just be like, I'm just going in to get the body and like, like people would just drop dead one after another. Like, could you, when you, ima- <laughs> could you imagine you forgot something in there? Like you went in and you forgot and you're like, Oh God, God, I just have to go get yeah, it. And then yeah. you'd like run in. And no, I, you wouldn't I think do that. sometimes we're like, you have to wait next year. <laughs> yeah, that, we talked about that. We were like, you have to wait a whole year in yeah. order to like, or we were thinking like, did God tell them about the rope thing around the leg or did they have to learn to do that oh they probably learned aka the hard way. Th- someone dropped dead and the body was literally there for a year yeah we don't know and we, that's, that's yeah. unimportant it, like that's uh, yeah, yeah but it just again it makes you realize this is a it real puts you thing in that place it actually yeah. happened and i think sometimes i'm like okay god like why so harsh like someone just forgot something or they just they accidentally touched this or you know whatever it is but I think that's the purpose of the word holy. Like it was, that's where God was. Like that's where his presence was. It was so important, right? And he also set all of these rules and laws in place not to be a dictator, but it was to show the people that they were imperfect and in need of a savior. The purpose of the law isn't to um, save us. It's to show us the need of saving, right? And uh, and yeah, it's just, 
it's a wild thing to think about. And again, I think we lack understanding because we never lived in the old covenant, which as I learn about these things, I am so thankful that I never lived I in the old covenant. I was just going to say right? that too. Like, the more I learn, the more grateful I am oh, that we man. are under the new covenant. Yeah. Um, so the people, they, they didn't have immediate access to God. They had to go through a priest who could only enter the Holy Holies once a year on the day of atonement. But this is where things get really exciting. And I was like, my mind was blown. This is where the new covenant comes into place. And Jesus came to be our high priest. And you were talking earlier about like, that's why we say in in Jesus Jesus name, name, amen. Like that's why we pray. Because when you, instead of going to the high priest in order to talk to the Lord, Mm -hmm. or even in Catholic circles, like Mm -hmm. you have to go and confess your sins in confessionals Mm -hmm. or things like that. Like we have the gift of being able to have a mediator, the best mediator who is Christ. And Christ is the one who gives us access to the father. And even when we think about that whole mirror analogy, if like, if we see the, if we see Jesus, Jesus sees the father or Jesus Mm -hmm. always reflects the father. And so he is our access to the father. And that's why we pray in Jesus name, because it's through him that That we're praying to the Lord that we have access to him. Yeah. And I always like had heard growing up the whole like, Oh, Jesus is our high priest or he came to be our high priest. And I had absolutely no clue what that meant, probably because I didn't understand the actual duties of a priest, right? Like I didn't understand the old covenant, but I was also like, Oh, then I, when I did understand the old covenant more, I was like, okay, but that's the old covenant. So like, why does Jesus have to be our high priest? But Jesus perfects everything that was imperfect about the old covenant and the sacrificial system. And that's where Hebrews nine then continues. So I'm going to read, um, the next five verses from, um, 11 to 15, because this is where it then like kind of flips the script. It was explaining the old covenant and now it shows how Jesus like is the new covenant. It's so cool. It's super cool. And Hebrews, like, not just nine, like, the chapters leading up to it as well talk about this a lot. So there's, like, so much deeper that you can go into this. So I encourage you to, like, read Hebrews as well. And the Bible Project has really cool videos about, like, the sacrificial system and atonement as well. And they explain it really well. Um, So Hebrews 9, starting at verse 11. But when Jesus came as high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands, that is to say, is not a part of this creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean how much more then will the blood of christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to god cleanse our conscience from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living god for this reason christ is the mediator of a new covenant that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant that's so much yeah so so much to unpack there and so so i want to go back to what we originally started with explaining the sacrificial system 
and and kind of mirror it like how Jesus yeah, perfected yeah. it, right? So I said it was temporary. It wasn't the original or it wasn't the plan forever because God knew he was sending Jesus. So he was like, this is in the meantime, right? It's not like God was like, oh, I'm going to scramble together plan A. Oh, shoot, plan A didn't work. So here's plan B. Like yeah. Jesus isn't plan B. Jesus is like, plan a on steroids you know yeah like it was it was just temporary and god knew that he knew from before he even created adam and eve that jesus would be coming and so he um we also said that it didn't cover everything for all time that passage that we just read said that but jesus sacrifice covers all sin for all people over all time once and for all yeah in the past, present, and future. Yeah. Like, that's what's wild, too, is that it wasn't, like, it, it was applied for before he came as well, before it was done. Yeah. It, it applied for that as well. Because God isn't, like, confined to a box of time or anything like or who's committing the sin or like it just it covers everything yeah um and it doesn't need to re be repeated romans six ten says the death he died he died to sin once for all but the life he lives he lives to god so jesus has no reason to ever come back like he's it's one and done he's covered ever to everything come back and die again sorry yes <laughs> yeah i like interrupted myself he will be returning yeah <laughs> can promise that and then we said it was imperfect. The priest had to sacrifice for himself, but Jesus is perfect. He did not need to atone for his own sins and the people's sins. He only came to die for our sins. He was the perfect sacrifice. And something that I've been reading a number of times now, we talked about it in our Bible study, and then I also had to read um, Confessions by Augustine, um, St. Augustine, for a class that I was doing. And it was saying that something that was unique to Jesus and not the Old Covenant, it was that Jesus was the sacrifice, but he was also the sacrificer. Like God was sacrificing himself, but he was also the one who sent the sacrifice. Mm. Whereas in the high priest was the sacrificer. He was doing the act, but he wasn't sacrificing himself. He, himself, he was yeah, sacrificing an animal. Anything. No, yeah. exactly. Um, and so, yeah, that's what's super cool. So Jesus was just perfect and holy and awesome and covered everything and this is where also another light bulb went off for me is that I don't know about you guys but maybe when you if you've grown up in the church when you like hear the word sacrifice especially within church context I immediately think about like killing an animal you know mm -hmm. that's what I would picture I would picture the person like the priest even though I didn't have a perfect picture in my head of what it looked like I would picture that Sometimes we like hear a word so often in one context that we forget to think about it like in another context. Right. And I realized that the word sacrifice like has dual meaning there because they were sacrificing this animal to atone their sins, but it was also a sacrifice for them to give up an animal, right? Because mm -hmm. I think again, nowadays in the culture that we live in, we unless you're a farmer, like your <laughs> wealth isn't defined by the, the amount of animals you have, you know, but that was literally their currency back then. Like how many lambs, how many sheep, how many goats, like when it talks about Abraham or anyone, Solomon, David being rich, it talks about like the numerous flocks that they owned. So when they had to sacrifice an unblemished, a perfect lamb, that was a sacrifice that they were making as well. Like they were giving something up that was not easy for them to give up, you yeah. know? Yeah. It, it's like me giving up, like, I don't know, luxury or money or possessions um, that I have. Yeah. And so um, Jesus 
was not only a sacrifice to atone our sins, but he made a sacrifice. Like he gave up his rightful place in heaven. Like think about it. He was living in a perfect place as a perfect God who would want to leave that to come to earth and give up part of that divinity. Yeah. And yeah. Like, and and suffer and be tired and be hungry and be tempted and, and be obedient to death even death yes, on the cross yeah and be yeah. ridiculed beaten mocked killed like the worst kind of death yeah exactly like he this wasn't just like okay well I'll I'll make everything right like I'll just do this quick easy thing like it was a sacrifice for him to do what he did yeah. and so he made a sacrifice to be our sacrifice. Yeah. So that we don't have to sacrifice ourselves. Which is just crazy. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's incredible. And when I think of the word sacrifice, I think of, like, I first think of Romans 12 because that mm. is, like, our call to sacrifice yes. and what we can do. And it kind of ties into verse 14 of Hebrews 9 because it yeah. says, How much more than will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse of cleanse our conscious consciences consciences <laughs> that's con a hard word that was really rough from acts that will lead to death so that we may serve the living god like our responsibility in this is to serve the living god yeah and i think romans 12 puts it perfectly and in the nlt i just love it because it says and so dear brothers and sisters i plead with you to give your bodies to god because of all that he has done for you mm -hmm. like like why are you giving yourself to god because of everything he's done for you. Yep. That being fulfilling the old covenant, fulfilling the law, having that huge sacrifice on the cross. Like he didn't, he did all this stuff for us because he loves us mm -hmm. to display his love. And it's just cool because we then are called to be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable, which is, and then it says, this is the way we truly worship him. And it's kind of cool because everything that I'm learning right now, I feel like I somehow tie back to camp because mm. camp was like so much of my, my mindset, I yeah. guess. And I was like, how do I teach this? And I, I was teaching and I said, being obedient to the Lord is how we show him that we love him mm -hmm. because it's just like a marriage. Like for me, I don't see the laws of my marriage saying that I can't sleep with other people yeah. or I can't whatever. Like I shouldn't do all this stuff. Like I don't see those things as being like, um, a way of oh, controlling. Like oh, I don't see right. it as being something that I am mad about. Right. Like I'm not like, Oh, I'm just stuck in this marriage, whatever. Yeah. I see them as being sacred right. because I love him and yeah. me keeping those things and being obedient to that vow that I made is how I show Jonathan that I yes. love him. Same with the Lord. Yeah. He showed us through sending his son Christ and who died on the cross for our sins that's a huge way, the biggest way of showing that he loved us. And we can show him that we love him through being obedient. Yeah. So it's cool that it literally says like he's allowed us to be obedient to him so that we can serve him. Yeah. And yeah, it's just cool. I've been thinking about that a lot recently, like how we, and I'm going to get into it shortly, like what's a oh, cool Anna, what does all of this mean for us now? Yeah. Um, and there's a line from the musical Hamilton. I'll always bring it back to TV and movies because <laughs> I do think that they can teach us things that we can apply to our Christian lives. But at one point, um, like Washington says to Hamilton, um, living is no, sorry. Dying is easy. Living is harder. Mm. And I've been thinking about this because I think a lot of the time we're all like, oh, would we die for Jesus? Like someone put a gun to your head and was like, renounce the faith. Like, would you be able to take a bullet? Blah, 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 blah. And I've been thinking about this. 
I think living for Jesus is harder than dying for Jesus mm. because I know where I'm going. Like, right. I would love to go to heaven right now. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't really want to be here on this earth. Like when Paul is like, I so badly want to go, but I know that I need to stay here with you and do ministry, right? That's yeah. I feel that all the time. And so I think it's like, oh, yeah, I'm willing to give God my life. Am I willing to give God the life that I am living here on earth, a.k.a. my time, my talents, my treasure, like my finances, my comfort. Mm -hmm. Because I have been recently like realizing I desire comfort all the time. I desire for my life to be easy. Like, yeah, I want to follow Jesus, but I also like want to not face a lot of crap. Yeah. But then I'm like, but what if Jesus is calling me to face that? Yeah. Like, what if that is part of living a sacrificial life to him? Yeah. Is that it's not about having fun 24-7. And and don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with hanging out with friends and having a good time. But it's not all about that. Yeah. And I was getting into this mindset of like, okay, when's it going to get easy? Like, when am I going to have a break? And it's like, am I willing to live the life I have here on earth? for him for yeah. what he wants me yeah. to do because I think sometimes I live my life as oh I do ministry like nine to five and then I go do whatever I want to do and it's like no it's a 24 7 being Jesus hands and feet yeah you know and I think it's such an easy thing to get caught up in because we could give our time and our money and our comfort and all those things that you named but that's not actually what Jesus wants he wants our hearts yeah and it's by giving our hearts that those things, things just follow. follow yeah and I think that that's like a super important switch that we have to make because for a very long time in my life I got caught up in oh I'll give my time I'll give my money I'll give my things but then I realized that I was doing ministry for God mm. without God mm-hmm. and that's such a dangerous place to be in and don't yeah. get me wrong I didn't make any like vast mistakes and yeah. there was nothing that was like oh what what is she doing? Yeah. But I just, I wasn't doing it wholeheartedly. Yeah. And you have to like being wholehearted, wholeheartedly devoted to the Lord, which mm-hmm. I think is going to in itself be a whole devotion, yeah. or, or a whole podcast. Sorry. Episode, yeah. Um, I think like that is so important because he doesn't want your time. He doesn't want your money, but he wants your heart. Like God cares about your heart. Yeah. And he doesn't want yeah. any of those things apart from your heart, right, you know, right. because you're right you can do all those things for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. And I have done all those things for the wrong reasons. Like you can be a pastor, a senior pastor and not be doing it for God. And then it's all in vain, you know? And I think crazy that's, and that's what's hard sometimes about being a Christian and a follower of Jesus is he's like, it's not just about what you do. It's about how you do it. Who you and that's are, the next level. Yeah. Who you are matters more than what you do. Yeah. What you do still matters, but who you are matters more. And what you do actually flows out of who you are. Yep. So if you actually love Jesus wholeheartedly. You're going to do everything it you, you want do. to, yeah. not because you have to. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Sacrifice is hard. Yeah. It's so hard. Yeah. Because it goes against everything that our world says to do. Yeah. We, the world says, put you on the throne. God's like, no, put me on the throne. Yeah. Yeah. But he, and this is what we're going to get into now. He deserves it. Yeah. Because he has been so faithful to us and just done so much. And um, this is where I think the, the connection now of the old to the new covenant comes in. And there's already been connections, but the really big like light bulb that went off for me um, is 
we don't have to sacrifice over and over again now. Like that's, that, that's how this applies to us. Like I, I don't have to go to a certain place with a certain animal and shed its blood in order to be made right with God and our sins, all of them have been paid in full. Yep. And we all have it. Like whatever sin you're thinking of that you're like, okay, yeah, but like all of them except that. Nope. That one. It's been paid that for. That one has been paid for. And we live as if it hasn't. And we yeah. live as if we have to pay God back for what he did, which cheapens his grace. Yeah. You know? And we also live with the shame of these sins. Mm. But for those who are in Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation. Yeah. And we, we don't live like that and we need to. Yeah. But that's very hard to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I shouldn't say but. It is very it hard, is hard to, to do. It is hard to do. Yeah. We need to do it. Yeah. And this is the coolest one. This is the one that I'm like most excited about is that we, well, okay. I was going to say, as I was like typing this out, I was like, I was going to say, and we no longer need a priest to mediate between us and God. But then I was like, oh, another light bulb going off. We do still need a priest. But that priest is now Jesus. Yeah, he is That's why priest. he came to be our high priest. Because he mediates between us and the Father. But he is God. So we have a relationship with God. We have direct access to God. And this is where I was like, in my mind, I was picturing two things. Like almost like a, not a Venn diagram, but like two charts kind of. It's like, okay, the human high priest from the Old Testament. I'm like, that's Jesus in the new covenant. It's like, oh, he would have to go into the most holy place where God resided, like through the crown and only him. And then I was like, That is why Jesus did the example of tearing the veil when he died on the cross as a visual representation of how there is no longer a difference. There is nothing blocking you from the Holy of Holies, a.k.a. God's presence. So it's like there's no longer a room you have to enter into. It's just wide open space. Like God is now, I almost picture it like God's presence was in the Holy of Holies. And then when the, when the veil tore, it like escaped out into all of the world. You know what I mean? Like that's his presence actually has always been everywhere, but it's like immediately everybody had access if they grabbed a hold of it. Yeah. Right. And so it was like, he's the one who, because of his sacrifice, he tore the veil so that we could be in the presence of God. Like guys, the people in the old Testament didn't just have like, they didn't have a relationship with God. Like we have, like we have him literally living inside of us now because we are now the temple. Like our bodies are now the tabernacle and he is inside of us. And we're just like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like I don't, I can literally stop right now and talk to God. I can be talking to God in my head as I'm talking to you guys. Like I can just do it anytime, yeah. anywhere, any place. And I think we so often like don't grasp that or understand it. And we, d- we take it for granted because it's always been that way. But when you understand what the people in the Old Testament and who are living by the Old Covenant had to go through, you understand how sweet and awesome and amazing the New Covenant is. And that yeah, we just, he's with us all the time. Like there's no barrier. There's nothing blocking us, right? Except ourselves. Yeah. It's so cool. And that's the gospel in a nutshell. Like he did that for us so that we can be with him. Yeah. Like he wants us to be with him. And I think it's so cool that he, because like 
it always talks about, you know, Jesus, Lord of Lords, which I understood because I was like, yeah, he's God. He's King of Kings. Yeah. That analogy makes sense because he's ruler overall. And that's what a King is. But whenever it was like, Jesus, the high priest, I was like, and you lost me. I was like, I don't understand why that one's important. And like all of them keep telling the gospel, but just in cool, different ways. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, he is all things to all people everywhere over all time. Yeah. Because him being Lord of Lords explains the gospel. Him being King of Kings explains the gospel. But it was like, no, I'm going to keep going. Like, I have so many yeah. facets to who I am and characteristics and roles and things that I do for you. Yeah. One of my favorite things is that he takes so many so many pictures and so many things from the Old Testament mm-hmm. and applies it to the New Testament, but yeah. changes it and fulfills it yes. and comes and is like, oh, let me just make this better. Yeah. Like Jesus is like, oh, I yeah, I could do that. I could do it better. Yeah. yeah. And that's what all of Hebrews is. Yeah. It's him being like, I'm better than that. I'm better than that. And not in like a... Not in a prideful no, way, not but in, a, in like, yeah. a, let me help you because yeah. I can do it. Exactly. Anyway. And the author of Hebrews is is talking to the Jewish people yeah. because some of them didn't get that Jesus had already, they were like, oh, there's a Messiah coming. And he's like, no, bro, like he already came. And they held the old covenant in such high esteem that yeah. that's why the author of Hebrews is explaining how Jesus is better because he's like, if you think the old covenant is cool, like just wait, like let yeah. me explain this. And I was, I was talking to our young adult Bible study as well. And this was another analogy that came to my mind. It's like when you have something in your house that's broken and you just kind of MacGyver something real quick to just like hold it in place for now. Like I'm, duct tape. Obviously. Yeah, exactly. Duct tape. Um, I'm just thinking of like there's a fence in our backyard. There was a like, huge storm like actually like over a year ago now, like a windstorm and it like blew everybody's fences over. And my dad has just like a like a wooden plank just like holding it up. It's like almost like an A-frame now kind of thing. Yeah. And it's just holding it there. And it's just it's temporary. It's imperfect. But it's it's doing its job for now. You know what I mean? But if it falls down, you'd have to put it up again. Yeah, exactly. But if he were to go, he eventually will. <laughs> when he goes and he like permanently fixes the fence, there would be absolutely no reason for that wooden post there anymore. Yeah. If someone came over and was like, oh, why is that there? And we were like, oh, the fence was broken. And they're like, well, is it fixed now? And you're like, yeah. And they're like, well, why is it still there then? But that's what the Jewish people were doing. Yeah. They were, they didn't understand that Jesus had come and fixed everything. He had made it perfect. They were still using the MacGyver tool that they had put there when he was like, it, but it doesn't need to be there anymore. Yeah. Right. And so sometimes I think we do that too. We continue to try and live by the law and we continue to be like, oh, it's about what I do. It's about my actions. It's about my works. And it's like, and Jesus is like, I already fixed it. I already fixed the sin problem. Yeah. All you have to do is accept it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think sometimes that's a hard thing to do because it's easier for us to try and do Mm -hmm. it on our own because then we get the glory and we're like, Mm -hmm. I did this. But the Lord is like, I want you to do absolutely nothing. Yeah. Like, you will have no part in this. You don't get glory. Like, it's... I've done it. I've, yeah. It's already done. Like you just have to accept it. Yeah. And sometimes accepting that gift is the hardest part, but yeah. it's like so worth it. Yeah. And it's so good because yeah. that gift is what gives us life. Yeah, exactly. That's amazing. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I hope you guys learned something or saw things in a different perspective or yeah. Yeah. I've just loved learning about the connection between the sacrificial system and Jesus. He's just connecting the dots. Yes, he is. Well, after seeing him, we pray that you go and and make make him him known. known.